Tanya and Terrell, it's been two years since Adam Toledo was shot and killed by a Chicago police officer. Officer Eric Stillman had chased the 13-year-old into an alley in Little Village back in March of 2021. He fired a single shot into the boy's chest a split second after Toledo dropped a handgun and raised his hands. Now, formal disciplinary charges have been filed with the Chicago Police Board to potentially fire Stillman. Seen here narrating a CPD Toys for Tots video. It comes at the recommendation of interim police superintendent Eric Carter, who states that the officer violated several department policies, including unlawful or unnecessary use of his firearm. Carter's predecessor, David Brown, had only recommended a five-day suspension for the officer, and the Cook County State's attorney declined to press any criminal charges in the case. The police... Welcome to the Chicago Justice Project. I'm your host, Tracy Siska. I'm also executive director of the Chicago Justice Project. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please hit subscribe. If you're on YouTube, please smash subscribe and like this video. Hit the bell if you want to be alerted to every time we post a new video. Really appreciate all of that. Want to find out about more of what we do? ChicagoJustice.org. Want to support our work? You can go to the Patreon link in the notes below. And if you want to get involved in our work, cjpnation.org. Okay, as you heard off the top today, we are talking about the Adam Toledo shooting and the attempt to fire Officer Eric Stillman, who was involved in that shooting, who was the shooter, I guess is the best way to say it. So we're going to start right off with a quick review of the Adam Toledo shooting. So it happened on March 29th, 2021. Adam was 13 years old. It happened in a neighborhood in Chicago called Little Village, a highly, highly Latino community on the west side. The incident starts where there are a number of shots, I believe it's eight from my memory, fired at a car with occupants seemingly for no reason. There is a shot spotter alert. You can go back on our channel and learn about shot spotter. I'm not a fan of it, but there is a shot spotter alert. There's a technology the CPD uses to identify shooting, supposedly, although it's never been proven to really work. But also there's calls to 911. Officers respond to the area. And two officers, Stillman being one of them, come upon Ruben Roman, if I got that right, who's 21 years old. It's like 1.32, 3 in the morning. And Adam Toledo on a corner or near, near an alley entrance. Adam, 13 years old, has the gun in his hand. A foot pursuit is started. At the end of that foot pursuit, Adam is shot and killed. Now, the controversy gets it in the shooting is the split second before, because it's caught on his body cam, the split second before Adam is shot, it seems that he goes and drops the weapon. This has led the left of Chicago, especially the extreme left, to claim that the shooting was unjustified. One, because Adam had already dropped the weapon. And two, because, well, Adam's 13 and any shooting involving the police and a 13-year-old, especially of color, it's just bad no matter what the circumstances are. And we have to start from this premise. This is our first real uh, in-depth discussion or talk about this incident. People have to understand there's a difference between a whole... Um, a shooting involving police that ends up in a horrible result 
and an unjustified shooter. Those are two different things. Clearly, no one wants the death of anyone, let alone a teenager, let alone a teenager of color. No one wants that resolved. But much of the criticism of the shooting is about just the fact that Adam is 13. So, and, you know, he's 13, he's of color. The police shot him. And for no reason should the police ever shoot someone that has those demographics. Is the shooting unjustified because Adam's 13 or because Adam's Latino and 13 in Chicago? No. No. The reason we're here today is because Eric Cantor, superintendent, interim superintendent, Eric Carter, sorry, from the Chicago Police Department, not devoid of controversy himself from the lower ranks. I've heard all kinds of things about him from officers, none of which I can verify, so I've not included it in the pod or any of the social media or anything we do or I do personally or the organization does. But Superintendent Eric Carter, interim superintendent Eric Carter, thinks the shooting is unjustified. He moves to fire Stillman. Now, he does this, ladies and gentlemen, following some kind of resolution where it seems Stillman would just have been suspended. The old superintendent, who former superintendent David Brown, he resigns shortly after Mayor Lightfoot loses election, re-election. He fires, he leaves, goes back to Dallas. Well, I don't know if go back to Dallas, but I guess go back permanently. He was already, he was still living in Dallas, so never really moved to Chicago. But anyways, he comes about a resolution that is only going to suspend Stillman. Somehow, Superintendent, or Interim Superintendent Eric Carter thinks, no, 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 I'm going to make sure he gets fired. Now, for those that are really that are listening to us or listening to me here, and you're really up to whether on YouTube or through the pod itself, and you're in tune to what's going on in the streets of Chicago, I am only going to be talking about whether or not the Eric Carter seeking the termination of Stillman based on the charges that are filed with the police board. Okay, we'll go over those. Now, I think there's other incidents that Stillman has been involved with after that shooting or even before the shooting. I'm not talking about those. And the reason I'm not talking about them is because they're not in the charges that the superintendent is in the city that filed with the Chicago Police Board seeking Stillman's termination. So the police board can look at nothing, but it was what is in those charges and the evidence to support those charges that is brought up in the hearing they have. That's it. So that's what I'm going to do here. And talk about those. This isn't overall Stillman as a police officer or anything like that. And one other thing before we get into the charges. We will never know. And I think it's a worthy question of asking. I don't think you can act on it because we don't know the answer. But I would say this. We'll never know whether or not Stillman would have waited an extra second, an extra heartbeat before shooting and seen the gun had been thrown if Adam Toledo was white. The assumption a lot of the people that don't like the shooting are jumping to, well, it was all race-based, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Maybe. But there's not really a lot of evidence on the record to show that. There isn't. He didn't, char he didn't chase him because he was Latino 
and then Adam happened to have a gun, and then he shot him. He chased him. All the evidence shows there's no evidence to the contrary. They were responding to a shots fired calls through shot spotter and, and calls to 911. Eight shots at a car seemingly for random, for no reason. They respond. They see someone holding a gun in the general area of the shooting. That person takes off. That person happens to be a 13-year-old kid. Nonetheless, he is holding a gun in an area where there's already been a shooting. Stillman pursues him. Nothing on that is racist. Now, is race not involved? Race is involved in everything, involving white people and people of color, 100%. But there's nothing overtly saying that was racist. He stopped Adam because it was not two or three o'clock in the morning or one in the morning. It was one in the afternoon. He stopped Adam because he was racist and he was going to just use this as an excuse to stop anyone of color to search them. And no, this isn't what happened. He pulls up in the area of the shooting, general area of the shooting, and there was someone standing there with a gun. Okay. And people also say, well, the pursuit was unjustified. We, that's part of the, the um, foot pursuit reforms and this, these are the kind of pursuits that need to stop. Mm -mm, mm -mm. These pursuits are never going to stop. Oh, my God. Listen, I don't think they should only pursue for life and death matters. Okay? And when, you're ch when officers are chasing someone with a gun and they lose sight of him, the, him or her turns the corner. You don't know where he's at. Stop the pursuit. It's unsafe for the community. It's unsafe for the person that's being chased. And it's unsafe for the officer because the officer's anxiety level skyrockets, as it should because the level of danger now involved in that pursuit is skyrocketed because the person could be waiting around the corner ambushing, which played into the Anthony Alvarez case, which I'll get to in a little bit. So let's go back to the charges here. Unjustified shooting. No, I don't think so. It can be a tragedy. It can be awful. But by the CPD's guidelines, by the rules, and to my view, by common sense, it's not an unjustified shoot. So we disagree right there. He didn't, Stillman didn't notify OEMC before the pursuit, call for backup, and he got separated from his partner. I think those all are true. The problem is there is a shooting. You pull up and unexpectedly find two people standing there for seemingly no reason, middle of the night, with a gun. Who runs? Oh, wait, let me call for backup and wait. This person is most likely already fired eight shots at a moving car for no reason, an occupied car for no reason. That was me. Hmm. Okay. I could see how you want OEMC to be notified, and it's in the new guidelines, and I like that. Ding him. What do you mean, ding? Ding him. Take, suspend him. Suspend him for that. You want to send a message to all officers, no matter the result, they're good or bad at the end. You didn't, you didn't get, uh, you didn't notify, notify OEMC. You didn't call for backup. Notify them. Ding them. Five, five, 10, 20, 30 days. Give, do what you want. The last charge is didn't activate the body-worn camera upon his first police action. He didn't do it till the chase started. From our understanding, ladies and gentlemen, he, the, the police pull up, they notice someone with a gun, Adam bolts. The officer bolts with him, starts his 
is body worn camera. I'm not exactly sure what action the superintendent's talking about. And the charges, unfortunately, that they filed with the police board, which will be linked in the notes to, we're going to bet in our site where the podcast is published through. Doesn't say the charges are very skimp on details. They detail which, which a, a plain allegation, which I gave you, and then which rules that violates, but not the actual specifics. So we don't really know. Once again, if this is a violation of the rules, ding them. 5, 10, 20, 30 days. Ding them. That's fine. Why are you firing him? The underlying reason why the person, uh, Stillman's being terminated here, is the unjustified shooting. Both the not notifying OEMC and not hitting your body-worn camera right away, in this case, are reasonably minor. Now, what am I saying by that? It doesn't seem and we could go back to the Jason Van Dyke shooting, it doesn't seem like they failed to activate their body-worn cameras to hide something that was going on. If you can prove that in the, in the police board hearing, great. And then he goes. Outside of that, it just seems like he screwed up. And that's fine. They're allowed to do that, but there isn't a punishment that goes along with it. Give it to them. Termination ain't it. Is Eric Carter being scapegoated? He, I'm not Eric Carter. Is Stillman being scapegoated to some extent? Yeah, I think he is. I really do think he is. And it's these rare cases where the police accountability system loses the faith of police officers. These are very infrequent cases because the police accountability system, most part, sucks. But this is the this is these are the one one off cases that are really big problems. Now let me. Um, Go back here a little bit to another shooting and compare the two so you can see where I'm coming from. Anthony Alvarez happened also around not too far away from that time. Um, I think in 2021. Anthony Alvarez is known that a police, he's arrested domestic violence, drugs. He's a bad guy. They know what they know in the in the beats. They nearest where he lives know it they know exactly where he lives they've been there okay so one day the police see him driving even though he's on a suspended license he takes off in the car they try to pursue they seek permission for the pursuit it gets called off why are we gonna send vehicles 90 miles an hour 100 miles an hour down our streets to get someone for a, driving on a suspended license especially when the cops know where he lives just stick a cop car in front of his house. You're going to get him, right? Later that night, again, 11, 12, 1 in the morning, Anthony Alvarez is seen leaving some kind of convenience store. 7-Eleven, I think, but I'm not sure. And he went in to buy a drink or something. And lo and behold, the cops see him. And he takes off. They start pursuing. He's got a gun in his waistband. They keep pursuing on foot now. One officer is much faster than the other, so he's pretty far in front of him, chasing Alvarez. Alvarez goes around, turns down a street, around a corner of a house. The officer loses sight with him. Once again, what I've talked about earlier in the pod, that to me is where non-life and death, foot pursuits, car pursuits, end. Done. Should have stopped right then and there. 
right? It should not, under any circumstances, be um, continued. Now, why? The hypocrisy on this issue between the left and the right, the alt-right, Alderman Lopez, in my opinion, Alderman Spazzato, Alderman Napolitano, Alderman O'Reilly to some extent, Alderman Beal, to me, in my opinion, they're pretty much the alt-right of Chicago, the Chicago City Council. They're complaining. You got to take the handcuffs off the cops. You got to unchain them. Vallis was doing it. Mayoral candidate Paul Vallis was doing it. Unchain them. Untether them. Let them do the job that needs to be done. Blah, 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 blah. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, when Anthony Alvarez turns that corner, the person most in danger right then and there may be the officer who shot him, which I don't have his name in front of me. It's the officer. Well, why, right? No, it's obvious. Anthony Alvarez, if he has a gun, which he did, he may have had it out by this time, gets around that corner and then decides, you know what, I'm going to shoot this cop when he crosses. He ambushes him, shoots him, kills him dead. Pretty much nothing the officer can do. That's why when he loses sight of him, he need, that needs to stop. And that's why the Adam Toledo case is so different. That officer chased him straight down an alley, never lost sight of him the whole time. And it wasn't until the last split second that Adam tossed the gun and the officer didn't have time. He just saw Adam turning with a gun, shot him. Perfectly reasonable to think your life's in danger at that point. And that Adam Toledo is going to shoot you. Now with Anthony Alvarez... The cop does continue the foot pursuit and does turn the corner. Alvarez had fallen because the grass was dewy, I believe. Had fallen, got up and kind of ran a semicircle to get back up on his feet and get back going. By this time, the officer turns the corner with his gun out, sees Anthony Alvarez look back at him, but not move the gun or turn around or anything. He's still running the opposite way and shoots him in the back and kills him. Anthony Elvin, here's a key thing that's being missed by the useless, useless mainstream media that are reported on this shooting. In the body cam video, Anthony Alvarez's last words are to the cop, why did you shoot me? And the cop says, you had a gun. Well, you can't just shoot someone who doesn't immediately pose a risk to you or someone else for just having a gun. And take it one step further, if you keep listening on the body cam, watching the body cam and listening, you hear the officer, when he's talking to his partner, he was, he's all juiced up from the shooting. Oh man, he, he could have he uh, ambushed me. That's why you're chasing him for driving on a suspended license. That chase should have never happened. That tells you how much they're thinking about the danger of turning that corner and all that adrenaline and everything that was going on and all that danger and all the risk that was pumped into that situation because we had bad police policies and practices led to Anthony Alvarez's death. Whether he's a gang member, whatever he is, the officer did not have the authority, the law behind him to kill him. And that's what happened. That shooting was awful. And should have never happened. But different. They're both tragedies, but different than the Adam Toledo shooting. Different. 
Stillman, the officer Stillman, never lost sight of Adam Toledo. He was responding to a seemingly unprovoked shooting where someone shot into an occupied car, a moving occupied car eight times. That's a life or death situation. They show up to the area, general vicinity. They see someone with a gun, he takes off. We know what happens. That is completely different than the Anthony Alvarez shooting. And, excuse me, the far left's move to compare it to the Anthony Alvarez shooting, to compare it to Laquan McDonald, is just completely and utterly wrong. 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 Unless they completely end foot pursuits, completely, the, the Toledo foot pursuit is going to continue to happen. Unfortunately, as it should. Real foot pursuit reform would kill the Anthony Alvarez foot pursuit. That's what we're looking to stop. It's those types of foot pursuits. This may lose us some fans on the left, but this is a reality. It's a tragedy. Yes, it should have never happened. We need better everything to make sure it doesn't. But firing Stillman for these reasons, to me, seems inappropriate. And just let me add, end on this one thing, and I want to give you some context of what might be going on here. Interim Superintendent Eric Carter is not liked at all. Where is he going after leaving the superintendent's office? I mean, he's really not liked in the department. That's why he didn't go back down or take the interim job knowing that he could go back to, you know, be in the administration of the new one. He can't make a deal with the mayor to stay in his position because Mayor Lightfoot lost. So he can't do that. So he's kind of in a position where, like, I'm interim. Can I hope the next superintendent keeps me? Well, he's most likely not to. They're going to they usually clean house. So he's out. Where's he going to go? Is Superintendent Eric Carter trying to rehabilitate his standing in communities by firing Stillman, moving the fire Stillman? Yes. That is, I shouldn't say yes. It's a very, very strong possibility. Right. Now, also remember that the police board and the police accountability system takes pressure off of the superintendent. Right. And David Brown didn't get this. He has superintendents for like the last, I don't know, how long have I been looking at the police board? 30 years. Ah, 27 years now. And that's really, that's true. 27 years. You can, the system allows the superintendent, the police, either the internal affairs from the police department or uh, currently the citizen office of police accountability or COPA move to fire an officer. The superintendent can agree or disagree and try to negotiate what discipline there should be or, or fight it. But if he agrees with the discipline, it goes to the, the final decision goes to the police board. If the final decision for termination goes to the police board. Well, see, what if Eric Carter is trying to, interim superintendent Eric Carter is trying to rehabilitate his image in communities where he's trying to go back to now, maybe look for a job. Um, and rebuild those bridges for him. So he does what all the superintendents before David Brown did, which is look at that hot potato, which is the Stillman case and say, hey, if I agree to fire him or if I move to fire him and the police board doesn't, because I don't think they will, they'll get the blame, not me. 
So let me file a fire lease officer and let the police board take the heat. And I am sure, even though the police board rarely got cases and rarely fired anyone, that that happened. Like you look at some of the probably, we could probably dig through some and say, well, that's a ridiculous case. He didn't deserve to be fired or he didn't deserve to be fired. But there's so much heat on the case that the super, that the superintendent's like, here, I'll fire, I'll move to fire him. That's what everyone wants. I'll sign the paperwork. Let the police board take the heat for not firing him because they have the ultimate authority at the end. Could that be happening? Yeah, it's certainly possible. Am I 100% sure? Not at all. It's odd that David Brown had this worked out in Stillman, uh, not Stillman, Eric Carter comes in and oversees it, changes it after Brown leaves, changes it and moves the fire. Um, it's, it's pretty fishy. Um, so that is my take. Please let me hear what you think in the comments below or ding us on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, our Facebook page, we're trying to get that um, going and get that active so you can talk to us there too. We'd be happy to uh, hear your comments and maybe they'll make the next pod. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. I will see you next week.